welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Frey from Bereavement Miracles. I'm sorry for the glitch again. Um, for whatever reason, the computer doesn't recognize my my uh, feed and or microphone, so I'm sorry. Uh, hopefully, we'll get that straightened out, but we're, we're at least live. Welcome to Bereavement Miracles. This is a 12-step program uh, to recovery from the loss of a loved one. You might be going through a divorce, uh, or you might have some thoughts of uh, whether it's you know, we hate to say it this way, but suicide or some stinking thinking. This program is uh, offered to you, hopefully, to get you back on track again. Uh, again, this is a 12-step program that I've written, and I do chair a program in Meriden on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock. So if any of you that are listening that are in the local area would like to attend a meeting, you're welcome. We uh, will be meeting at the Pastoral Center at uh, 22 uh, let's see, Goodwill Avenue in Meriden, Connecticut, the old St. Joe's Rectory. Uh, I am live also on WCATradio.com. So if you would like to give me a call and talk about what's going on in your, in your life, I'm here for you for the next hour. Now, the number is 515-604-9344. That's 515-604-9344. Now, uh, there's an access code of 914121. Just uh, feel free to give me a call if you have some, a question about this program. Maybe you want to chair a meeting yourself. All you got to do is just buy the book. And again, I'm not pushing books here. Um, what I earn, I donate right back to the seminary in Cromwell, Connecticut. So this is not a, a money-making um, program. The point of the matter is, is that I do this out of the kindness of my heart because I feel obligated because I know what it's like to lose a loved one. I know how devastating this uh, death, and I've never gone through a divorce, but I know people that have, and uh, divorce and death kind of go hand in hand. Um, and so those experiences that you um, go through, the loneliness, the brokenheartedness, abandonment, uh, all are kind of uh, played out in whether it's the death of a loved one, a, a pet. Uh, my next-door neighbors just lost their, their, their dog for 14 years. They had it for 14 years. And it's like a death of a family member. And I certainly went through that, and it was tough to lose my dog, Sparky. Or if you are experiencing some tough times because you lost your, your, your child or your spouse, or, again, you might have some stinking thinking thoughts of suicide, or you know somebody that has committed suicide, you know, what does the church advocate or teach if a person takes their life, and we go through all that with this 12-step program. So again, it's a program that talks about why things happen the way they do, how we can get back back on our feet again to be productive, and but who is the source and summit to our happiness, our healing, and that, of course, is Christ. So this program helps to uh, helps us to understand uh, that wisdom to know the difference 
that being when we pray to God, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change. Encourage me to change the things that I can. And of course, through the wisdom to know the difference, I would establish that kind of a formula through life that, you know, death does occur. But obviously, if you're watching this or, you know, not live, but, it's, you know, when you get a chance, you know, you, you're going through the things that, that I've gone through and I've put in this book, which also has a workbook style to help you to answer questions after each and every step. So there's 12 steps. After I get done with the 12th, I'm going to start right back up again, and today we're on step two. Okay? So again, if you have any questions, any comments, anything at all, it's 515-604-9344, and the access code is 914121. Okay? So again, this program is a fellowship of men, women, and certainly children. Uh, who are suffering from the loss of a loved one, again, a divorce, or maybe thoughts of suicide. It's a 12-step program, and it's to help us to find peace and release in our life. Uh, but in order for us to let go and to let God, we need others to help us. That's the power of fellowship. So I advocate it's faith, family, and fellowship. So some people, are, are, their faith is a little skittish because they're not practicing their religion anymore. Uh, I'm not going to advocate that that's okay, but I can tell you that I know the wisdom to know the difference that when I wasn't practicing my faith, I wasn't the happiest person in the world. Now that I practice my faith, and how do I practice my faith? Well, uh, I go to Mass in the morning, and I advocate that to everyone. If you can go to Mass in the morning, there are certainly churches in your local area, Catholic Masses, that maybe you know, celebrate the Eucharist at 7 o'clock in the morning, maybe even at 6.30. That's the place you want to be, because then the rest of the day can unfold like peeling back a skin of the onion, a little at a time. But, you know, if you don't, if you're not fortified to fight the good fight, meaning that, you know, these things that can get underneath our craw, or even sin itself, our concupiscence, our, uh, our well, not ability, but our, um, we're a fallen people. With that being said, we have this veil of sin covering our eyes. Now, not, I'm not saying that, you folks that are listening are sinful. I'm just saying that we don't have that beatific vision here on earth while we wait our final judgment in heaven where we will see God face to face. When we do, we won't have any questions. God will be completely revealed to us. And when I say completely, let me just make that really clear to you. When you have an aha moment in life, just think of that for all eternity. We are created to be with God. That's why he created us, so that we can participate in his life. We can look upon him. That's why we are created or were created. So... With that being said, we will always have this perpetual state of aha, this ecstasy, 
that because God is eternal, okay, we, of course, in heaven or even in hell, are going to be eternally blessed or damned. And I'm not trying to scare you folks, but the point of the matter is that not practicing our faith can lead us down paths that we should not go. I know. I've been there, done that. So I'm here to try to offer up a little bit of hope, uh, maybe some direction. And that, getting back to going to Mass, is very, very important. Very important. If you pray the rosary during the day, maybe while you're driving, that's very important. Reading good uh, spiritual daily reflection books are excellent. You bring it to work and you put it in your drawer and you read it throughout the day. And that way you continue to be fortified. So this program really is based on faith, family, and fellowship. So it's through that fellowship, whether you're watching here and you'd like to participate, it's 515-604-9344, and the access code is 914121. You're, you're welcome to give me a call. I'll be able to dialogue back and forth. Or you can uh, talk to a priest or some, a, a spiritual advisor, uh, but you want to have somebody that has a little bit of training in this field so that they can help you to see uh, those things that, as Father Legault would say, uh, man or and or woman does not know that they don't know. So with that being said, we want to try to pick out someone that we can trust, someone that won't kind of uh, undermine um, what we're, you know, what we're sharing, and uh, someone again that we can trust. That's really important, and has the wisdom to know the difference. Someone that's been there, done that. Someone that has uh, actual pra uh, practical training. Okay. So within this fellowship, you should find unity, friendship, and a real sense that you're not alone. Now, the fruits of this fellowship will encourage you to identify. Uh, those same common experiences in dealing with the death of a loved one. It is the hope, my hope, that the guidance of this program will inspire you to rely upon Christ to, uh, as a full means to recovery. But remember, grief can often be accompanied by guilt, loneliness, and remorse. Uh, with that being said, it can traumatize us for a very, very long time. But you and I, or the group members that I uh, direct, uh, throughout the week, uh, find that through the caring and sharing of each other's personal stories, that we don't find uh, that we're alone and that we can mourn together or grieve together and start to move forward in our recovery process. That's very, very important to understand. And the whole point of this is that through that caring and sharing of personal stories, that we will, that things, all things are possible through him, who is him, Jesus, who strengthens us, and that uh, he will fill us with joy and peace. That, that's a promise. So why do I offer up this program? Because I know what it is not to have one. That's why I do it. I'm trying to help you folks that are listening to this program that you're not alone, that you can recover uh, but it's a process that you need to go through when it comes to bereavement, okay? So I do affirm that together, uh, by sharing openly, uh, you'll begin to got, uh, trust in God's familial love. 
there's once we start to understand and trust God, we will then understand how reconciliation kind of manifests in our life because we're starting to move away from being in the malaise and having a sense of a spiritual knowledge and that's important to have some kind of program like this that kind of blends theology with the why, the how, and the who so we can understand all these things in relationship to God's spiritual uh, plan for us, salvation history. So uh, Bereavement Miracles, folks, again, is a very simple program. It should help us to find the mystical body of Christ, which emanates from, from, from you and I. This is, this is Christ. His love in me is trying to reach out to you. Okay, I cannot do anything. I am just a channel. Okay, that's all I am. So his love is saying to you, come back home to me. And, and that's emanating from his heart. So as we go through these steps together, we'll, we'll have a new sense that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. That's the whole thing, the whole point of this program. So remember that death is the most complicated and difficult um, experience that we'll go through. It's not easy. Uh, we have to make sure that whether you're going through a divorce or you're, you have thoughts of suicide or, or if someone has um, departed, that we don't want to get too wrapped up in busy work or keeping ourselves just uh, occupied. And I don't like the word mundane, but it's kind of hard not to choose a word that doesn't that describes kind of busy work. Well, I chose mundane. How about that? But the point of the matter is, is that when we are not taking time to grieve or mourn. Um, and going through a process, then we're putting it on the shelf. And so when all these things, like burying your, your loved one, going through a mass, taking care of all the paperwork, sending the death certificate, or changing your name back to whatever it was, or finding a new place to live, or whatever, 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 after all that stuff gets done, you're still faced with the reality of what has happened. So that being stuck in the mud remains there, that pull stuck in, in the mud uh, until we then address it after all these other things are taken care of. And that can be dangerous because that can last for a very, very long time. And we don't want to get ourselves preoccupied in a lot of things. We want to make sure that we are grieving, we're going through this process so that we can put it behind us and start to move forward. And, and remember, folks, God doesn't ask us to understand all this. This is the beauty of it. We can turn off our rational minds and just use faith, meaning that I can believe. Okay, God doesn't ask me to understand. He just asks me to believe. And that's why I do this, because I know the power, the power of belief can certainly change us. It has changed me. Okay? So don't give up. Uh, together, you and I can get through this difficult time and we'll develop a manner of living that is meaningful and filled with hope. And hopefully, you'll develop a true reliance upon Christ as your loving God 
uh, one body, one spirit in Christ. Okay? So we are going to continue our study. We're on step two on page 27. Now, Bereavement Miracles, you can get a book on Amazon. Uh, if you can, um, make sure that you type in second edition. So Bereavement Miracles, second edition. Or you can go to Enroute, E-N-R-O-R-O-U-T-E, Enroute Books and Media, EnroutBooksandMedia.com, and you'll find Bereavement Miracles listed there. Now, if you're a religious group and you want to run or a nonprofit uh, organization and you want to run with uh, Bereavement Miracles, and this, media, uh, this program has been uh, used up in Canada and uh, Dr. Sheravin down in Texas has used this program as, as well. Again, folks, if you'd like to speak to me directly, uh, you have the, I have the phone system on. It's 515-604-9344. The access code is 914121. Uh, just tell me your first name. I don't need to know your, your whole name. But if you're going through some stinking thinking thoughts, give me a call. Maybe I can help you, okay? I'm here trying to fulfill uh, my duty by trying to help you uh, because I know what it's like to lose a loved one. So step two. Last week, let me just uh, read that to you. Due to the loss of a loved one, you and I have admitted that our lives have become unmanageable. Sure, when someone dies, my life has become or did become unmanageable. So now step two, we're going to take it to a, uh, a different direction now. Uh, again, we're answering the why, the how, but particularly the who. So we come to believe uh, that God will restore us back to a productive and happier life. Now, this is a Christian Catholic program. Uh, make no bones about it. And it does work if you work it. I, I can promise you that. But, folks, God is the answer to all our problems. All our happiness comes from God. But our problems, right, he can help us. Uh, and I have found that having a, a true relationship with God helps me throughout the day from stinking thinking thoughts, okay, um, I work very, very hard in my uh, line of work. And because I'm a lot of times in pain, my mind wants to go into places that it shouldn't. So having a relationship with God by going to Mass in the morning, praying the rosary, reading uh, some scripture or, or daily reflection, it's so important to our spiritual well-being. Okay, so we came to believe that God will restore us back to a productive and happier life. That's the step two. So does life actually return to normal? Most people want to know. Can I become productive and live a normal life like I once did? Well, certainly he can, but it takes, what, faith, family, and fellowship. Losing a loved one is, is always on my mind, and it still hurts. Well, certainly you know, and you can't rush the grieving process. You cannot. It takes what it takes. Uh, despair is so debilitating. Uh, not wanting to go on, is that normal? 
I can tell you probably, folks, that 99% of all people have lost a loved one or have gone through uh, an emotional divorce will tell you that not wanting to go, go on with life is very, very normal. You'll have those thoughts, but it's more importantly to direct that energy, and as I say many times in my meetings, that it takes more effort to think good thoughts than it does thinking thinking thoughts because that's just like a snowball. It just starts picking up speed and it, it just devours you. So thinking good thoughts takes what? Faith, family, and fellowship because when you surround yourself with people that are in recovery too, that have good uh, recovery, good time, they're practicing a program in bereavement, in the grief, uh, in the grief process, they're able to help offer up the, the caring and sharing that some people who walk through my doors cannot uh, grasp because they're just all busted up inside because of the death of a loved one or a divorce. So, though we may be familiar with the term God or may have already come to believe in Him, uh, we may not yet ask. We may ask this litany of questions. So, just because you you participate in Mass by going, you may still have a lot of questions, or maybe you have fallen away from the church. Whatever the case may be, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to tell you that I love you, I know my wife Linda loves you, and there's millions and millions and millions of people like us that are praying for all of you that are going through the same things that we have. And of course, you know, being married to a wonderful person like my wife, for 35 plus years now, uh, it is our faith that has kept us together. Okay, we we don't we wear life very loosely now because we we love our faith and we love each other. So the question then becomes in step two: Then why is it so important to bring up God in the first place? People want to know what why why do we have to talk about God? I, I'm hurting. I lost my loved one. Why do I got to talk about God? Um, how does God fit in? to restoring this back to a productive and happy life. A lot of people don't have it, any real um, association. They can't even connect the dots when it comes to that. But this program will uh, reveal it a little bit at a time because we need to understand ourselves in the context of why and how. So once we start to understand the whys and how we respond to the whys, then we can start making some adjustments so that we can deal with life on life's terms. So why can't we just avoid talking about God all, all, all together? A lot of people have asked that. And, and why is my broken heart, why, why is my broken heart uh, just feel so heavy in my chest? Why is it that I can't move forward? Well, again, people ask the question, why? Why did this happen? And this program will help to under, help you to understand why. Now, as you all have probably heard, that God is the creator of all things. Of course, there are some people out there that are pushing evolution, and and I don't. I'm I'm not an evolution kind of a guy. I believe in God. I believe that He created all things, and He created us so that we can participate in His life. Okay, I'm not on this earth for self-preservation. I'm here to help proclaim the kingdom of God is upon us. That's what we're here to do. Okay? 
So is it okay to be angry? Here's a question that a lot of people ask. Is it okay to be angry and upset with God? Who could have easily prevented the loss of my loved one? That's a question that takes some time to answer. But I, I like to, um, I have a couple of notes I'd like to just read to you. Does God cause sorrow? That, that's a question that a lot of people uh, just assume that he does. But does God really uh, cause sorrow? Well, no, because God doesn't want to violate our freedom. That's where we get into this understanding of natural law. Uh, and so our freedom is very important to him as well as us because we need to go to the Father, Papa. We need to go to God on our knees asking with humility and also gratitude that he will help us. And with that kind of um, mindset, God will certainly swoop in and help us. But you have to understand, whether it's a miracle, and a, again, miracles are not offered up um, for us to be wowed. There's a purpose to all, whether it is a miracle or suffering, it helps us for our own personal transformation, our own uh, formation of conscience, our spirit, so that we can be prepared to see God face to face. That's the bottom line. In order for me to see God, to recognize God, I have to prepare myself here on earth so that I can see my creator face to face. And so this is a journey of preparation. Okay? And I'm not going to take the real test until... I leave this this uh, earth. So why that uh, won't God be angry at me if I'm angry at him? Well, certainly he's not angry. He understands what we're going through. It, again, we're trying to under we're trying to answer why God does the things they do. He does through reason. We need to believe, and and as I have said to um, others that having a relationship with God gives me the opportunity to dump all of my troubles at the foot of the cross. Now that's important to understand, folks, because if I have to carry around pails of, of heartbreak, of worry, of sin, of um, you know being angry at God or angry at other people, it's going to weigh me down. So I need to dump all this stuff every day day in and day out by going to Mass and just dumping this stuff so that I can be better prepared to be more of a channel rather than be a person that's dragging everyone down. So again, God wants to meet all of us where we are in the midst of pain and suffering. That's, he, he's not going to forsake us. No matter what we do, He's not going to forsake us. Those souls that are in uh, eternal damnation refused God. God did not refuse them. You have to understand there's a dis distinction with that. So those souls that refuse to um, participate in God's uh, eternal uh, eternalness chose eternal damnation. So again, remember, hell is not locked from the outside. The door of hell is not locked from the outside. God doesn't place us there. We do that ourselves. And the door lock is inside because we're locking God out. You have to understand that. So 
why am I telling you all this? With you know, why why is this guy spending this much time on on the uh, on the air talking about God and everything? Because I know what it is to be alone, and I know that having a relationship with God does work if you work it. Now, if we stop for a minute and think, we can come up with certain responses to some of these questions that I've already posed. Had I not had the opportunity to love, then I would not have had the many times brought upon by the joy and laughter share with my dearly departed. So you have to be careful about these loaded questions that we're going to pose or throw out there in anger because really what we are doing is we're, we're pushing ourselves further away from God. And this is a very, very important reading. Uh, July 29th. Now, my beautiful wife Linda told me, "Don't get yourself too uh, going in too many directions." But I, I need to bring this up to you. Jesus uh, says on July 29th, and, and this is the uh, Sarah Young's uh, Jesus Calling book. Come to me continually. I, I am meant to be the, the center of your consciousness, the anchor of your soul. Your mind will wander from me. And that's what happens when someone dies. But the question is, how far will you allow it to wander? That's what we're talking about here with loaded questions directed toward God in anger. Why did you take my loved one away? You could have stopped it. The anchor on, the, an anchor on a short rope lets the boat drift only slightly before the taunt line tugs the boat back toward the center, okay? Similarly, as you drift away from me, my spirit within you gives a tug, prompting you to return back to me. As you become increasingly attuned to my presence, the length of rope on your soul's anchor is shortened. So as we, we put effort into understanding God, now, Again, we want to make sure we, we know that we need to believe in God. Then we need to put some work into it to understand his greatness. Okay? The more we prepare and we understand, the more we can believe. But you, it's, believing is like the baby steps. Walking in faith is an understanding. So it's two different things. You cannot walk unless you crawl. So believing in those things that I believe in, like, for instance, we have a battle cry, believe that I believe. If that's the case, then you can do what I have done. And it's one little reading every day, one little effort toward proclaiming that uh, the kingdom of God is upon us that helps to bring the goodness into the world, right? It changes the cosmos when we pray for others or do unto others as we would prefer to do unto ourselves. You wander only a short distance before feeling that inner tug telling you to return to your true center in me. And that's the point, that Jesus is very real. And what we're going through is very real. But we don't have to do it alone. That's the point of this whole message, is that you don't have to do this alone. And so loaded questions directed toward God uh, with a, a heavy heart or, or, or being angry or being ignorant is dangerous because it can push us well beyond that 
rope that Jesus is talking about, that um, leash or that um, lifeline that we can throw out to one another. We have to be very careful. What We don't want to get involved in activities that will actually uh, damage us. But my, what about my loved one? We write in, I've written in the book. What about my loved one? Um, I don't know if they're in heaven or, or where they are. Are they, are they all right? Well, this is where theology helps us to understand what does occur when someone dies. Uh, it, it's what they say in the concrete. Uh, it is, it's spelled out in our Catholic teachings. But you have to also remember, and this is what Pope Francis is trying to get through our thick head, that God is very merciful. He's a just God. Uh, and so, with that being said, you can be, and, and certainly I'm not advocating this at all, you can be a person that doesn't know God, but up until the last minute or so of your dying, uh, your, your, your death, that if you accept God into your heart, you're saved. Okay, that's, you know, God's compassion is endless. So we need to understand that, yes, the Catholic faith uh, has crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's, but the point of the matter is, is that we have to believe that God knows what's best for us, and he will not violate our freedom, even though we are ignorant, uh, he doesn't want to give us a false sense of, okay, I'm one of those happy gods where, you know, one day I'm happy and the next, guy, uh, next day I'm not. Okay, so we have to be very uh, poignant about understanding, you know, what is God? God is a merciful God that wants us uh, to his side. He wants us. And so he created us so he can share himself to us. That's something that is very powerful. And we can't just dismiss this stuff. All this rhetoric that we hear on, whether it's TV or at the water cooler, it, it doesn't, none of that stuff is going to matter, folks. It's about this relationship that we can have with our Creator that can help us to overcome the death of a loved one. Well, these questions are quite normal considering the situation, isn't it? They do point to one thing, though. We have the ability to know ourselves outside of our own environment and circumstances. That's what we have over the animals. Animals, uh, we do love them. Uh, they don't have the, the ability to think conceptually. They don't. Okay, you and I can. We can know God because God revealed himself to us. But he can reveal it to the animal. The animal's not going to understand it. Okay? They, they can't think conceptually. All right. They are bound by their environment. Uh, and, of course, uh, the, the environment, the stimuli, uh, determines their proper response. So if uh, there's a fire, they run away from the fire. We run toward the fire to try to put it out. Okay, so things of danger, they flee. We go and try to, you know, uh, protect a, a loved one or try to rescue somebody or whatever it may be, we can think outside of the box. That's the point. So what does this have to do with anything? That's the question. Well, let me explain. There's Jean-Pierre uh, Sartre, the ex existentialist, who got more wrong than right, understood that 
you and I can choose this and and versus that uh, as one ought. This, therefore, the circumstances or environmental factors or even previous experiences do not determine or regulate or can regulate one's freedom unless we choose to allow it. Now, what does this have to do with anything? Okay, so when somebody dies, we have this reflex mode of action. This reflex mode of action is a preset determining experience or response to an experience that we've just been handed, which is what? The death of a loved one. And that we, well, we might get angry, we might be insulting, we might uh, go into a corner, we might uh, go into solitude, depression, all that kind of stuff. That is a normal response because that's the way we were kind of raised in a sense where we weren't exposed to the things that, the wisdom to know the difference. So with that being said, when in bereavement, when you're going through the death of a loved one, these responses are very uh, typical. That's why this book is trying to explain that you don't want to be too hard on yourself when someone dies, particularly for those that are saying to themselves, I could have, would have, or I should have. You know, death in life, uh, it happens. And we need to be very careful on how we formulate, um, how we reason this experience so that we don't fall prey to some kind of, well, let's just throw it out there, some kind of evil underdoing, you know, to get us to be angry at God and to turn away from him. That's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us just to forget about God. He can care less if we're, we're going to hate God, but if, we, if he can get us to forget about God, he's done his job. Because that's what he's driving for, souls in hell. That's what he wants. He hates God, therefore he hates us. So the more he can draw us down and closer to him, the more he can hate. Okay. We have the ability to know things that are divine in nature because God revealed it. Things, spiritual things of love, and we have the power to let things go and place them at the foot of the cross. We can do these things to help ourselves, okay, because we can make the choices because we're free, okay? Okay. When we desire to know something about the spirit within, immediately we should turn to prayer. So when something does happen, we really should turn to prayer, but most of us turn to what? Depression, being angry, being in a malaise, uh, things that are um, not as we should or ought. Okay? They, they don't better us, but it's a typical response. So it's, under, it's to really understand that I'm not here to say that what you're going through uh, isn't important because it is. The point of the matter is, is that there is light at the end of the tunnel. That's the whole point to this program that I'm offering up here. So when we turn uh, to the spirit, we'll have a wisdom beyond our usual capability increasingly find a peace of mind which can stand firm in the face of difficult situations. Of circumstances or situations. Therefore, as human beings, we can determine our aim. You and I can determine our aim. Uh, 
We don't have to be um, su subject to our environment. We can step outside of our environment or those exterior circumstances or those influences so that we can have a relationship with God in a loving way. We can actually turn our sufferings into something that we can offer up. We can say, God, thank you for, for the suffering. Thank you for the heartbreak because I know that A, they're with you, and B, that this is only going to purify my heart. This transformation thing that's going on is helping me to let go and to let you. That's the point. Because when we're younger, we have a tendency to latch on to people, places, and things. But as we get older, we understand that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. He wants us at his side. So if that's the case, we have to be ready to let go of those things that we have so firmly um, uh, a grip on. So we can de uh, determine our aim and distinguish between circumstances and previous experiences. As humans, we can reflect, discern, choose to do that versus this, or this versus that. So, with that being said, it awakens our human spirit within. And that's what theology is trying to uh, call us back home. It's, a, it's, it's like a map, okay? It's a map with uh, a... Um, I'm thinking of when I used to sail the maps and coordinates, excuse me. It's like having coordinates to get us back home. Uh, because remember what Jesus says, that the door is very narrow. And so we want to make sure that we're, we're doing all that we can while we're here. But as you're progressing in your recovery program, in your grieving process, that God understands and he's very merciful and he's very patient. So you have to understand that this is all going to work uh, for the good if you just stay focused, God-centered, right? The who. So as we continue reading this step, we will come to realize that God is the source and summit of all creation and is the how and the who that answers all the questions and heals our pain and sorrow all in due time. So as we continue to read these steps, you'll start to see that God really has a plan for us, and I try to lay it out in this step. By believing that the gift of wisdom is what gives us insight into God's purpose, we will, by our nature, be in the image and likeness of our Creator and have the power to increase in our ability to show love and become more productive, engaged in in lives in, in our lives and in, in our daily work. Therefore, it's reasonable that we that when a loved one passes on, you will have for a period of time a feeling as though you are being drained of what little energy you have. So this is what does occur when someone dies. This this um, battery or this uh, level or this um, source of energy just gets drained right out of you, and you can't even think. Um, I remember when Michelle died. I, I didn't think I even touched the ground. It, it was, I was in a daze for, for well, I would say three or four days. My, even my sister Monica called me, and she was experiencing the same thing. 
That's why it's important to realize that the spirit of bereavement miracles is framed around two supernatural uh, dispositions. Belief in God's gratuitous nature, we talked about that, and sanctifying grace can restore us back to a hope-filled life in Christ and to, and to the church. That's what God wants us, is to come back to the church, his body, his son's body. That's Jesus in the Catholic Church. That's the real presence of Jesus. Therefore, the love of God will bring us to a personal journey. That's the whole point, is to have a personal journey so that you feel that you're not alone. Toward integration as a human person embodied in the interplay of experiences, circumstances, faiths, tasks, awarenesses, and decisions that lead us toward mature and loving relationships. So God wants us to live life fully. As my wife has said to me many times, God wants us to live a full and happy life. And so his plan, if we follow it, even when someone dies, yes, we're going to go off the road for a while, but soon after we should be able to, through perseverance, through prudence, and through... Um, uh, fortitude and temperance that we should be able to reconnect with God when you know when it takes time it just takes a certain time to to put it all back together again if you want to talk to me uh, I have about 10 more minutes it's 515-604-9344 and the access code is 914121 so as we continue this program, we will know Christ in, intimately, uh, who died for us so that we may live eternally. We may realize that maybe we really didn't know God at all, uh, and this is a great opportunity to do so. Uh, so why is it important for my recovery program to know Jesus in this fashion? Why does he play such an important role in my bereavement process? Well, Jesus is the Son of God. I'm going to hit you with a little theology, and we're going to have to finish pretty soon. Jesus is the Son of God. He's begotten. He's not created. Uh, because he is both divine and uh, fully human, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And is very much like us except for sin. He experienced heartache, pain, sorrow, associated with the death of his friends and immediate family members, which was his father, Joseph. One of the main um, principles in Christianity is that Jesus is the absolute channel and source to all living and eternal things. And because Jesus is begotten and not created, his sacrifice on Calvary redeemed the world of sin and death. This makes his act of expiation, okay, this free offering, okay, his free offering, of, of grace of, for assuming our wrongdoings, our failures, and even our grief and sorrow uh, unites our difficulties to a highway of grace. So his expiation unites us to this highway of grace that wants to restore us back to the originals, meaning that through Jesus we can have an original uh, relationship with the Father that existed before Adam and Eve fell from grace. That's the whole point of this, that Jesus came into the world to restore the world, okay, to save the world, okay? 
So therefore, we can overcome our grief and sorrow by charismatic acts of love, loving uh, or love to, uh, offered up to one another. That's how we can get better immediately is by helping another. By, like, just take what I'm doing here. I'm offering up a solution to you because I know it works because I work it. Because I'm doing that, I feel blessed. God, and I'm not looking for any reward, but the reward is knowing that I did the best I could. You know, when I get up to heaven, there's going to be a, a discussion, and I want to know why this and why that. But the point of the matter is, I hope and I would, I would think the hope that Jesus would say, you did a good job, Mike. You did the best you could, you, uh, and I'm, I'm really proud of you. And that's what I'm looking for is to know that I did the best I could. And if I can offer that up to you as an encouragement so that you start to believe in Christ and get back to church, then we could make ourselves great again, our country great again, our world great again, uh, because we can fight the good fight, and that fight begins within us ourselves. So the only thing on Jesus' mind is to do the Father's will, which is to save everyone's soul. He dedicated his entire life to fulfilling the gospel message of salvation. Therefore, we believe that Jesus is the source of happiness and joy and peace. We believe that. But the problem is because the depth of Jesus' divine mystery is far beyond our capacity to understand and appreciate, but it doesn't mean we can't believe. We struggle to find concreteness to those questions of human maturation, how things are, okay? This anthropological kind of how we are as human beings in history, how we kind of mull along in history, given this and given that, you know, experiences and, and all that kind of stuff, okay? We understand it as an ongoing process involving all aspects of our lives in relationship to, but in particular to the integration of relationships, meaning that when we start embracing Christ, we start embracing ourselves and others. And that's a far cry from where you were when you first came into the program, all busted up and alone. You were a person on an island. You didn't have any friends. You didn't know who to talk to. So through faith, family, and fellowship, you're starting to have this uh, relationship, this integration relationship with other people that have something in common, which is the, the death of a loved one or a divorce or whatever it may be, something that is traumatic. This is how we kind of unify through unity and hope to be able to tell or help another through difficult times. Okay? So Christ's love is at the very heart that models Christian life. That, that's the point. That's, that's theology, that Jesus is the center. All right? He's the model of what we're striving to become. Okay? This divine mystery affirms the choice made by the very heart, excuse me, by God himself, to hang on a cross for our salvation. Death is better understood in the context that life must go on and that our loved one would prefer us to do so as well as Jesus himself. 
Um, so I think I'm going to stop right there. We have another page and a half to go, and we'll finish that next week. So we're on page 29. And um, the point of the matter is, is we come to believe that God can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. That's why I wrote the book. I want you to know that I'm throwing a lifeline out to you. I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that I love you and, this, and millions and millions of people do. We don't want you to be alone. But you're not going to get better by being by yourself. You need to get back to, again, I advocate going to Catholic Mass. If you're not a Catholic, become one. Go through the RCIA program and, and put yourself in the right place. Only, again, it's like in marketing. If you want to make more money, per se, you have to have the right equipment. You have to have the right marketing engine. You have to have the right message. You have to have the, have the right um, appearance, the way you speak. All these things are important. And when you go to Mass, you are in heaven. This is where heaven and the earth kind of conjoin into one reality to help us to see God as he is, uh, a merciful, loving, uh, sacrificial lamb that is uh, centered on our well-being. That's the whole point. So I'm offering up a solution to you folks that are having some tough times. Don't do this alone. Put some effort into life. I know that you might feel as though you have no energy whatsoever. Crawl if you have to. But get yourself back into to church going in the morning. Try to go five days a week, and certainly on Saturday, um, vigil mass or on uh, Sunday. Participate. Get involved in the choir. Get involved in some of the activities that the church has, the outreach programs. Do something, because when you start to offer up these uh, charismatic acts for other people, you'll start to realize that, you can start to feel good about yourself. That's how bereavement can be uh, overcome, is by helping another person. And so the world, through unity and hope, proclaims that the kingdom is truly upon us. It's that simple. You don't have to understand all this. But one precept is, is that do unto others as you would prefer be done to you. Don't worry about being in line. In other words, don't do it for gratification or that God's going to look upon you. Look, don't worry about all that stuff. Just try to help another get through life uh, and get yourself back to, to practicing your religion because that's why our country and our world is going down into the crapper is because people don't know that they don't know. They, they, they have no relationship with God anymore. They think being spiritual is having a relationship with God. It is not. You can be evil and can be considered spiritual. That doesn't. It, that, it's not reasonable. Practicing a relation, um, a religion, is like a person practicing before they go on stage to sing, or practicing their instrument, or um, sharpening their blades if you want to cut the lawn properly. There's things that you have to prepare so that whatever you do comes out well or right, and if you benefit from this, you don't stumble and fall, okay?
So we're going to end with uh, I'm going to end with uh, petitions of prayer again, folks. If you're watching this program, please tell your friends and families that there is a program uh, every Monday at four o'clock. I'm sorry again about the delay. I'm surprised that I even got on today. I, I just don't understand this uh, technology, but uh, hopefully uh, someone will give me a hand and we'll get this thing uh, kind of uh, figured out. Uh, but again, I want you to know that you're not alone. Tell some friends and family about this program. Spread, spread the word and let's start um, talking to one another uh, in a loving manner the way God would for us too, okay? In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, thank you for another bereavement miracles. Thank you for letting me be a channel of thy peace. Uh, I offer all this up to your glory. I don't take a, a, a bit of it uh, for myself. I do pray for all those people that are hurting, all those people that have lost a loved one, a pet, uh, or have gone through a divorce, or some kind of traumatic experience that they don't know uh, how to deal with. You're the, the truth in a way. Your son, Jesus, is um, our Savior. So please help us through these programs, through programs through nrubooksandmedia.com, uh, through the radio station, that's WCAT, uh, no, com, that we can understand our religion a little bit better so that we can have a better relationship with you. Father, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I offer all this up in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. World without end. Amen. O oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those needed thy mercy. During their hour of death. Amen. Spread the effects of grace, Mary, of thy flame of love, and your loving devotion, Joseph, for your family throughout all of humanity. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you all. We'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the program, and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.